This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello, and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. Hope everybody had a good, happy 4th of July weekend. I know... I stayed up late a few nights and had some fun and um, lit off some fireworks with the kids. And um, now it's back at it. And guys, as we sit here and, and you know, approaching um, really the middle of July now, we still don't have a plan or an idea of of what this season is going to be, what it's going to look like as far as the schedule goes. I think we've learned, though, that there has definitely been a lot of chatter behind the scenes with the Big Ten Conference and coaches and athletic directors. And, you know, last week we discussed – Let's just say the Big Ten walked away from the season and forced teams into a regional model. Well, now I think the the new theory or thought going around is a possible 10-game all-conference schedule. And Steve Sippel from the Journal Star, one of our good friends, wrote a column discussing that thought where um, you know the Big Ten just plays, everybody plays 10 league games, and that's it. And there's a Pac-12 col- columnist from San Jose that wrote a nine plus one, nine conference games plus one, um, you know, team that could bust to your place for the other 10th game. But I get the 10 game thought because of the safety measures that the Big Ten schools are taking. And when you start playing group of five or FCS schools, they aren't taking probably the level of precautions that a Nebraska or Ohio State's taking because they don't have the money um, to, to test and, and do all these protocols at the level needed where if you kept it within the Big Ten, you know what type of safety pro- uh, pro- uh, protocols teams are doing and going forward. So my question now is if you did go forward, say, with a 10-game schedule, would it be 10 games over 12 weeks and then you leave two weeks at the end for possible makeup games? I mean, I think there's a lot of good discussion on this, Robin, um, when, if, if, if this indeed is the plan to move forward with a 10-game conference schedule. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me in the sense that right now there's really no uh, governing body over how college football is addressing this thing to where – School to school, state to state, everyone is doing their own thing. And people are in much different circumstances, um, you know, just like we are as a country, but, you know, with football programs around around the nation to where just because Nebraska seems to have things under control or Notre Dame, whatever it may be, there are other schools that are, you know, in a completely different situation. So by isolating a schedule to just a conference, you at least have an umbrella of, you know, the league office kind of supervising. Testing mandates. Exactly. So where there's a uniform protocol of how you go through that thing. And that is probably the most important part to having any semblance of football this year is, there will be positive cases in every single football program around the country. It's how those programs handle those positive cases, how you isolate players, how you identify them, how you uh, minimize any exposure to, um, you know, the rest of your team. And by having, you know, a uniform guideline that is kind of uh, mandated by the, the conferences, that makes it much easier, at least pared down to where you're talking about, 10 to 14 teams as opposed to, you know, over, you know, 100, 150. So that I think is a, a kind of logistically makes it a much more feasible solution than some of the other stuff that's been thrown out there. Yeah. Not only can you keep a better grip on, you know, how everything's being handled and, and how you're controlling everything. But I think, you know, if you only have a 10 game schedule, you're going to have what, three or four buys, 
mixed in. Well, there's there already so this is a two by week year. So it's this year normally it's twelve games in thirteen weeks. Yeah. We are in a year with twelve over fourteen. So so you could essentially have two additional bye weeks to leave wiggle room for possible makeup exactly. games. So and th- that's what I think. I mean, it gives you a lot more flexibility to to get the games in to to make sure that. You know, maybe make sure that you're being extra safe or whatever. You're taking extra precautions. You know, maybe if you're flying a charter to Rutgers, you know, one week you you automatically have a buy the next just in case, you know, you, something happens. I, I don't know. But anyway, I, I do think that it, it gives you a little bit more flexibility there throughout the, the span of the season in case something pops up. Yeah, there's just so much to think about with this. And obviously your perception of records, if you just did 10, it, it almost takes on like an NFL approach where if you're six and four or seven and three, that's a pretty good year if you're playing 10 conference games. And, you know, to go 10 and 0 would be extremely difficult. I mean, Ohio State's probably the only team in the league that could do that. Um, you know, so, yeah. And would there still be a Big Ten title game? Would there still be bowl games? Nobody knows those answers, Um, but I I think the Big Ten has so much money at stake with Fox, with ABC, that they've got to get something ironed out because nobody can take this hit like financially. Like when when you start to look at what the impact it's going to have, um, you know we've seen a lot of good people already lose their jobs at places like Nebraska. Imagine if you know if if it's worse than that. So yeah, there's. There's a lot, I think, that they have to look at uh, financially. And one thing I like about, say, it's a 10-game conference schedule, you provide, that would be essentially um, 70 Power 5 on Power 5 games um, on the inventory load where normally you would only have 64, or excuse me, 63. Um, So that schedule in itself delivers more Power 5 versus Power 5 games um, for Fox than they normally would get. Um, and it's more attractive. You could essentially have five games a week for 14 weeks, all Power 5 on Power 5. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that I think addresses another issue to this is by eliminating your non-conference games, there's contract contracts involved there and a lot of money involved there for schools and athletic departments that are already kind of facing some budget crises that, uh, you know, what are they going to do with paying Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and South Dakota State? Uh, well, the network's chip in with that i mean because they're actually standing to make a, a decent profit out of a potential 10 game schedule will schools get some help from or at least a little more kickback from those networks to be able to pay off some of those contracts if they can't get out of them legally which you know, i don't know how that's all going to work and i know in that that story sip wrote scott frost himself expressed that as a major concern you know and here's the other issue too uh that goes beyond money and beyond testing and all that stuff is you know the nine game big 10 schedule is already pretty grueling now you're talking about putting it to 10 games so you know there's a player safety issue involved there and that's why a decision on that needs to be made as soon as possible because you can't expect a bunch of guys to just kind of throw together some practices and go play 10 league games i mean there's going to be physical wear and tear where knee injuries hamstring injuries all that sort of stuff that um you know are just kind of the the natural consequences of football will be added on to risks that go into uh, everything beyond covid so i mean there's a lot of things to deal with but i think first and foremost you got to find a way to play and it seems like this is uh, the most realistic track to do that even if there are going to be some hurdles to clear along the way yeah but one of my questions is if they do go to this you know would they start the season the same time they would have 
Um, it's already a later start this year yeah. in September too. So I mean, do you, do you start at the, basically at the beginning of September and have a you know a, a fourteen week schedule, or do you do you wait until towards the end of September to to pack everything in, or you know how is that how's that going to look? Um, you know, logistically, how are they going to space that out? Um, you know, but uh, yeah, to me, it seems it makes it probably makes the most sense. Um, yeah, outside of everything. <laughs> staying normal um and playing out you know, playing out the way that they were uh, supposed to play out but at this point it just it doesn't seem that that's you know going to be likely yeah can you start maybe a week later and then you would have essentially only one then move the big 10 title game either a week later or two weeks later and then you'd have maybe just one makeup date um you know i, I just think there's a lot of that type of discussion from a, a league level if that is the route they want to go to control their revenue, to keep it in-house. But then what happens, like, how would you like to be Luke Fickle right now? You turned down over $5 million to go to Michigan State, which I still think he should have taken that job. I do, too. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't, because he ain't getting $5 million next year, I'll tell you that much. No. Because nobody's firing coaches and paying buyouts like they were this, this you know, in years past, because everyone's down in the hole financially. And then on top of that, you might lose out on playing Nebraska, a game that could help your resume and your cachet. So, you know, it, it, Luke Fickle's probably one. I mean, maybe he's not, but I, I, in my mind, it's like, man, he, he would have been walking into a gold mine financially at Michigan State. Yeah, and so I mean, that's going to have a ripple effect everywhere. Like just with the coaching, like Purdue plays Memphis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I mean, schools are going to, even if a guy uh, is already on the hot seat or whatever you want to call it, and, um, you know, whatever season's played, they don't have the success, he's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, you're not paying out big I mean, buyouts. No. You're talking about people just axing, like, 30-year employees within your athletic department left and right and making these massive budget cuts and eliminating sports. So, I mean, as far as coaching movement goes on the carousel it's going to be probably uh, shut down to a halt here over the next uh, year or two yeah there's not going to be a lot of lottery tickets handed out in this offseason definitely not yeah a lot of that spending is going to be tightened tightened down quite a bit and you know i i think somewhat that's a good thing i mean it was getting a little out of control when you're seeing coordinators make more than university presidents i mean it's it's, (laughs) it's pretty nuts when you when you break it down just a little you know when Offensive line coaches in the SEC are making eight hundred thousand, you know, and in some more. It, yeah, it's it's gotten out of whack. But guys, we are going to have football this weekend uh, in Kearney. The Shrine Bowl kicks off, and it will be the first American played football game since COVID nineteen hit in this country. We're going to discuss what we'll be watching in that and more next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.